Kia ora. Today B-Side Stories is out on the amazing Kapiti Island surrounded by bird song and we're here with Manaki Barrett who's the general manager of Kapiti Island Nature Tours. Kia ora Manaki. Kia ora. Welcome to B-Sides and can we just kick off by asking you to tell us a little bit about Kapiti Island Nature Tours. You're right on our doorstep in Wellington, people are driving past looking out at Kapiti Island all the time and there's probably a lot of people who haven't been out here yet and don't know what there is to see and do or why they might come. Yeah, well um, Kapiti Island Nature Tours, we're a, a little whānau business um, based up at the north end of Kapiti Island. Uh, we've got a, a piece of Fano land here that we've been on for a, a couple of hundred years I suppose, um, surrounded by one of the oldest um, conservation projects in the world, Kapiti Island, the, the nature reserve that Kapiti Island is. Um, and we uh, use our, our position here and our, our history with the island to um, look after manuhiri who, who want to come and visit. So uh, we bring people out here for the day and host them overnight in our, our little whare here. Um, and, and try and tell them a little bit about what the island's all about and help them experience um, this gem that we have uh, sitting right on our on our doorstep here in Wellington. What's the experience of coming out to Kapiti Island with you guys like for a day or um, or maybe a day and a night? Um, generally um, people come out here to to experience the um, the ecology of the island and, and the, the biodiversity that's here. Kapiti is a, a predator-free island sanctuary, one of the oldest um, island bird sanctuaries. Um, so a, a big appeal for people is to come out and experience that, see these, these species that aren't so um, visible uh, on the mainland I suppose until we, until we tackle all the pests over there. So people who come out for the day um, come to learn a little bit. Um, they, they'll learn a little bit about the ecological history, the conservation history and, and the human history of Kapiti. Um, spend most of their time walking, there's some nice tracks up the hills, um, good chances to experience different parts of, of the flora and fauna of, of Kapiti. Um, and we try and bring people up to our piece of land as well to show them a little bit of manakitanga, a little bit of the hospitality that, um, that is our, our responsibility I suppose as, as kaitiaki, as, as whānau based here. Um, so people will um, come and, and enjoy some kai with us um, and um, some will also stay the night with us, um, hosted here in our whare and have a chance to explore the island at night as well which is a whole other part of, of, our, of our world that um, yeah obviously you can't see everything during the day. We have a lot of kiwi here that we hope to let people experience um, a bit of a, a glimpse of and, and some of that stuff only happens at night. What do you find people normally uh, say as they're leaving about um, the highlights of the experience for them? Is it what you'd expect or what is it that really uh, um, excites people? Um, generally, uh, the fact that, that most people come here with an understanding of Kapiti as a nature reserve um, and for, for locals especially they have an understanding that they, they would hope to see something here that they can't see on the mainland as a, as a, as a predatory island you will see more birds and you'll see some birds that you can't see elsewhere um, people don't always fully understand um, the difference that being predator free makes to the biodiversity we talk as a society we're talking a lot about the need to eradicate the introduced mammalian pests and predators and, and people have more and more consciousness about that every year but I don't think many people truly appreciate just just what a difference it makes and how quickly it happens. We, we got rid of rats 20 years ago um, on Kapiti and the difference it's made to the bird life, things like tear care, the, the saddleback that we just heard a little snippet of in the background here somewhere, there's a few hanging around us. Um, 
thrive immediately in a predatory environment. So most people who leave are um, surprised by that's a tear here now, I'm not sure if that's being picked up. Um, surprised by the, the, the density of bird species here. Um, what people what um, people may be more surprised by though is the human side to Kafti. This has been a, a real hub of human life in Aotearoa for centuries and um, the, the full spectrum of human activity has, has played out in some form here and it, it is a, a really rich history that we that we have behind us as New Zealanders and, and people um, I think appreciate and, and maybe are surprised a bit by um, the opportunity to learn a little bit more about who we are as people, uh, all of us, um, the, the shared history we have um, uh, and the fact that um, Māori culture and Māori history and, and how it's woven into the landscape around us is, is still quite um, richly remembered and known and is still part of our lives so our opportunity to, to share that story and, and maybe invigorate a little bit more people's understanding of, of where we all come from is, um, yeah, I, I think people come expecting to see some birds and some kiwi and, and we hope that they leave with a better understanding of who, who we all are and, and this, the history we all share. And the whole operation Kapiti Nature Tours is run by your whanau. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the whanau, the history, the connection of the whanau and um, the different roles that you play here? Um, Sure, uh, I guess I need to start at the beginning then. Um, my tūpuna um, Te Rangi Hiroa um, arrived here on Kāpiti um, around 1820. Um, the business hasn't been going quite that long but, but our, our connection <laughs> with the island started then um, and we throughout that, that this couple of hundred years have um, in some way shape or form been present or involved in, in the island story that's developed through um, the, the Māori activity and presence on Kāpiti, the arrival of traders and whalers, farmers um, and, and eventually conservationists. Um, that led through to the end of the 1800s. My um, great-grandmother Utota Parata was here and held on to this little piece of land that we're on. Um, so the, the position we're in is really because um, she was able to maintain her space here when um, the government came along and established the sanctuary. They, they weren't able to convince her she should leave the island at that stage so she managed to hold on to this this little piece of whenua that we're sitting on now um, 12 hectare or so of the the 2000 hectare island um, she and her husband Huna so my great-grandparents were um, were famous I suppose for or, or well known for their hospitality on the island they from from the very early stages of the 1900s were were bringing Manuhiri to Kāpiti and, and helping people experience the island from that earliest point. Um, so I guess that was the foundation for us. Um, in terms of the activity we're doing here today, my father and his sister, um, so my dad John Barrett and his sister Amor, um, started this um, business as we know it, um, really to, to reinvigorate that, that whānau tradition, I suppose, of using our, our, our space here as a way to let other people experience this. Um, what it is they're experiencing has changed over the years, but today for, for such a, a, a special example of New Zealand biodiversity and, and what we can be doing in terms of pest eradication um, and our, our sharing our, our part of that human story. Um, so that's, that's led us up over the last 15 or 20 years to this, this business that we have now where um, it is, it is a, definitely a, a whānau business and we um, are a real um, ambition of our our activity here is to, to give Fano an opportunity to be involved um, on the island and, and bring parts of their lives back to the island. Um, so we 
employ um, mostly Fano, but not entirely Fano, to to um, yeah to to deliver this experience and to um, host our Manu hoodie out here. Um, from people on the island, guides, um, hosts, um, ferry um, skippers, um, bookings and admin staff, and all that sort of stuff that are all opportunities for Fano to be involved. Very cool. I just have to say how exciting it is sitting here doing this interview with a weka and um, it's chicks cruising around and a kereru sitting in the tree beside us um, as well. It's just an absolutely incredible place. What is it that still excites you about being out here and what you're creating um, and where it's going? Um, I'm Personally, I'm, I'm um, really interested in biodiversity and conservation so to have the opportunity to spend so much of my time here and be able to watch that um, redevelop um, coming from I mean I was, I was born in the mid 80s when the possums were first eradicated from the island um, so to be able to see the the change in vegetation as, as the the ecosystem comes back again um, and then obviously since then the rats have been removed so the the number of species that are able to thrive over here um, to be able to, to be able to watch that that process um, unfold and watch these all of these species come back and in, in the in the thickness that they are out here is incredible and I would I would find it hard to be out here so much if, if this wasn't if this opportunity of, of employment wasn't here and, and this activity that we're doing um, to be able to watch that day by day is a pretty special thing um, but in terms of the the work we do to be able to um, to see people's um, appreciation of of our ecology and our cultural history develop in their time here. Um, a lot of people, like I say, don't don't come necessarily with a full understanding of of what we've got uh, behind us and in front of us as New Zealanders um, is pretty special. We get we get a lot of manuhiri coming, a lot of visitors coming from overseas as well, who who have often zero understanding of New Zealand's unique biodiversity and our unique history as people. Um, so to be able to um, invigorate a bit of interest in them and see them leave with a bit more enthusiasm, a bit more um, interest in, in those in those areas and a bit more optimism about what we can be moving towards across more of New Zealand. Um, it's it's a pretty special opportunity for us and, and that's the, 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 the excitement I get out of it is seeing that excitement build in other people and, and obviously being able to appreciate it myself on a day-to-day -day basis. And it really is, um, I understand, drawing a lot of people out. Can you talk about how many people are visiting on an annual basis now and how you are adjusting and adapting um, with more people coming out to make sure that the experience that people have um, doesn't change and in particular that we um, don't damage what's out here? Yeah, um, it's, it's been a real strong um, consideration from the beginning that Kapiti as a nature reserve is critically important in New Zealand. Um, being a predatory island of the size that it is and, and the distance from the mainland that it is, it's it's one of the few really safe um, refuge islands that some of these species have. And and from its um, from from the beginning in 1897, it was first established as a bird sanctuary. So for over 120 years, it's been a really critical part of of our our efforts to. Um, to, to preserve some of the species that would otherwise be extinct um, and, and obviously any human activity on on a place like this does carry risks so from the beginning of any sort of human um, or, or in terms of our, our, our business here um, we've had to be really really conscious of that risk along the way and, and, and make sure that we're putting 
excessive steps in place to mitigate any risks of the reintroduction of pest species, um, fire, all of these things that, that would damage this place. Um, so limiting the numbers has always been the main strategy. Um, the Department of Conservation have a, a really strict limit on the number of permits available for people to visit the island. Um, and us as a whānau have put um, even stricter limits on the number of people we will um, bring on to our part of the island um, for, for lots of reasons, obviously minimising the risk of, of those negative outcomes to, to the nature reserve is a really important one um, but we want people to experience this in a, in a relaxed, informal and kind of authentic way in, in terms of how we deliver hospitality, how we, how we um, look after people, the, the concept of, of manaakitanga and of um, yeah, en enriching someone's experience of something um, is, is enhanced if we keep the numbers low. We want to be able to host people in our whare as, as guests in our home and to be able to do that in a real, in a real way, in a real honest way, um, we, we limit the numbers and that of course helps us um, manage those risks much easier if we're, we're talking about doing bag checks to make sure people aren't, doing, aren't bringing pest species onto the island. Um, all of those things much easier on a smaller scale, so we're, we're really conscious of that. And what else are you doing um, in terms of sustainability? You're on this um, remote island where there are considerations obviously around power supply um, and rubbish coming on and off the island. How do you manage that as the visitor numbers increase? Um, yeah, as we've increased we've had to improve our systems, we've had to, um, yeah, the, the, the considerations around um, power generation, uh, water management, um, waste management, rubbish and recycling and all of that stuff, we've just had to put systems in place and there's nothing too unique about our position, I mean we are um, cut off from the mainland obviously and we, have, we are completely off the grid and we have no, no mains connection to anything um, so power generation is, is um, getting easier and easier I suppose, we've been increasing our solar generation and, and storage capacity for quite a while now and are um, trying to keep pace with um, as, as we get busier or as, as more people want to visit the island and as we get closer to being what we'd consider full um, we've had to keep improving on that. Um, likewise with, with freshwater systems we've had to be really conscious of storing and, and maintaining a, a, a good supply of freshwater um, and in terms of waste management um, the easiest thing is always reducing what you, what you um, create in the first place when we're bringing everything over from the mainland and sending everything back to the mainland um, it's much easier to reduce the amount of stuff we bring over here than try and find new ways to deal with it um, but this is, these are things that people need to be doing on the mainland as well of course um, in terms of reducing the amount of um, plastic waste we produce and I hope we're all aware of the issues around um, the difficulty in recycling things in New Zealand and all that sort of stuff we have really good composting systems over here and try our best to minimise the amount of rubbish we generate and that has obvious benefits in terms of our um, impact on the environment but also it's just easier to manage our day-to-day -day lives are easier if we're not having to cart stuff backwards and forwards all the time. Um, likewise human waste is a consideration when you're off, off the grid you have to think about everything so um, we're, we're increasing our use of composting toilets and things like that. There are some relatively easy ways to, to limit our impact on, on our surroundings but again this shouldn't be unique to people who are on an island, these are these are things we, we all need to be thinking about. Fresh water even, you know, New Zealanders I think are a bit complacent about fresh water and it rains so much that people often don't think they need to worry about it but as, as seasons become less predictable I think even on the mainland we all need to be thinking about this a bit more. 
Cool. And as the business grows, um, is it still primarily about the um, ecology, the bird life, etc.? Or um, what else is happening out here? What's changing? Um, what new experiences might people um, be able to get out here? Um, yeah, historically at least, birds have been the focus and people have come here to see birds. Um, we, we hope that Carpety will not be um, as important as it is today in terms of the ecology. Um, from, from the early days this has been one of, one of the most important predator-free islands, but I, I really do hope that within my lifetime Carpety won't be anywhere near as significant as it is. We can hope that vaster swathes of the mainland are predator-free, um, that there are more island sanctuaries, but as a, as a fundamental I would hope that as New Zealanders we're not satisfied with having island sanctuaries and the mainland being overrun by all the stuff that it's overrun with. So um, as, things, as things change I suppose we, um, we'll, we'll just keep focusing on what we are and, and we are a, a, a pretty, um, pretty cool mixture of ecological history, um, the conservation here and now, you know, the active conservation work happening here today is really important, but the, the conservation history of, of Kaafti is, is quite an important story. Um, and our, our human story that's been woven into it um, is, is maybe becoming more of a focus. Um, and Kaafti itself is just a, such an enriching environment in so many different ways. It's, it's, it, it has a way of enhancing any, any kaupapa that's brought to it. Um, so we'd like to, to keep looking for new ways to um, to utilise that aspect of, of the islands, um, wider, I suppose, and, and its ability to um, yeah to enhance to enhance whatever kaupapa is brought over here. Um, so yeah, different sorts of events and things that we can think of doing in a in a sustainable way that that enhance the island, the mana of the island, and us as as Fano and as Iwi. Um, and yeah, it, it's got a lot to offer more than just um, spotting kiwi and and um, coming over for really good feed. <laughs> as amazing as the kai is and as much as I would have loved to have seen a kiwi um, so just wrapping up I am going to have to get on a boat and leave here in um, I think it's less than an hour now what would you want me to be leaving um, with in terms of what I know and understand and take away with me from here and um, similarly for all of your guests what is it that you want them to, to leave the experience with um I, I suppose with a with a, a better understanding of our past, a better understanding of our past as people in New Zealand, a better understanding of of where we've come from, um, culturally and ecologically, um, a, a, a real sense of pride in what we've got today and what's ahead of us. Um, pride as 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 New Zealanders in general to to live in a country that has embraced in in a lot of ways our our culture, our shared culture, um, our Maori culture. That is something that is. Um, I hope special to all New Zealanders. It's not something that is um, that is strictly for Māori. I think I think every visitor to to well ev everyone who walks away from Kāpiti, I would hope has has a slightly increased sense of pride about who we are um, and a real um, increase in optimism about what what we can do with this country. We've um, we've come through some pretty grim times culturally and ecologically in the last few year, few hundred years. I think. Um, but I think in, in both of those respects we are heading in a positive direction and, and we should be able to be optimistic and have high expectations of ourselves about what we can do on the mainland, ecologically especially in terms of pest eradication and, and really bringing some of these species back from the brink of extinction which, which we're on track to do. Um, and, and in terms of embracing our, our culture, embracing our past, embracing 
how we've come together as people in a lot of ways in, in terms of these cultural differences that have somehow been kind of smashed together in, in Aotearoa over the last few hundred years um, and, and making the best of it and, and I think the best of it in New Zealand can be pretty damn good in terms of what's happening around the world. We should be a, a really good example in, in all of those respects. So yeah, leaving, leaving with a better understanding of who we are and what we've got around us and, and a, a sense of pride and optimism about the direction that we're heading in. I've got to say I definitely feel that pride as I um, soak up the amazing environment here and all the incredible bird life around us. I'm just going to leave with one question and that is, um, I don't know how much the microphone will have picked up of the um, bird sounds, but could you just rattle off for us a few of those um, birds that we've been hearing in the background in case people have been able to hear them? Sure, um, with, with the, the coolest I guess, um, the tiaki that we've heard a bit of um, piping away in the background, whether whether it came through or not, that's something that's pretty special for us to be having around us again. There's been the odd car car screech. Um, there's been a few of the little insect eaters. Um, not every sound you're hearing now is, is a native species. I'd, I'd point out we're in some grassland that's still regenerating, that is still home to some finches and some bits and pieces like that. Um, but um, not so active right in the heat of the day, but the kōrimako and the tui population is, is very vocal this time of year. Um, even, even the odd kereru noise, which is not, they're not the noisiest of birds. Um, the odd pukeke will screech as well. Um, yeah. Thank you, Minaki. Thank you so much for having us in your beautiful place um, and for all the incredible work that your family is doing to preserve this uh, incredible part of New Zealand. Thanks for being with us today. It's been a pleasure.